I wonder when they have like dinner together, you know, like when uh when you know the Estevez family sits down for Thanksgiving or whatever. Like is it like Charlie, why can't you be more like your older brother? Emilio never gets in any trouble. He doesn't like sleep with multiple hookers or like go on crazy rants. I feel like it, you know, Emilio must just, he has nowhere near enough money and he doesn't have anywhere near the number of fans, but he's just like such a quantitatively better person. I feel like it must be really awkward. Well, what about the other Estevez siblings who are even less successful? Like Ramon? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, and Martin Sheen these days at least seems like a pretty down-to-earth happy person, you know? Mm-hmm. Is he just like you read about what his son is doing in the press and like shake his head or something? You know, he's probably like, well, gotta let kids be kids. I don't know. <laughs> when they're 47. Although it does say here on his Wikipedia page that Martin Sheen is sometimes uh, credited as just all uppercase rage because his initial his initials are Ramon Antonio Gerardo Estevez. <laughs> I just imagine that in the credits of the West Wing, like da da da, and rage. Rage. <laughs> I think it's weird that two of mine were westerns. Maybe the western lends itself to uh, remakes. Well, I think a little bit that because it was a popular genre and it's kind of coming back into vogue. Yeah, that's true. And then you just also like westerns. That's true. I mean, you uh, more than other people. Yeah. I'm thinking back to when I fell asleep during The Proposition. God, The Proposition is such a good movie. I, I would know because I literally fell asleep during it. And I don't think it was because it was a bad film. I think, I don't know why, I was just really tired. <laughs> the Proposition, so it was, it was directed by John Hillcoat. It was written by Nick Cave. And the score was written by Warren Ellis. And that trio uh, teamed back up again for a movie called Lawless that came out last year that I think we, we I don't think we ever had the chance to talk about. But I was super excited for it because... It was like all these people who made this other film that I really loved were coming back and they were making like another genre film about, you know, bootleggers and stuff. And it had Gary Oldman and Tom Hardy in it, but unfortunately it also had Shia LaBeouf in it. And it was really bad. And bad in like a really sad way. Like who cast Tom Hardy in a movie and then is like, hey, you know who should be the main character in this movie? Shia LaBeouf. Like, Tom Hardy, Gary Oldman, Jason Clark, and Guy Pearce were all in this movie. And they had less screen time than Shia LaBeouf. Do you remember the Rice Krispie Treats from, um, Toasties? Those, that, that shit was good. The whole place was good. Yeah, it, I mean, Toasties in general, pretty key. and Except for the one time that they, uh... I asked for a cinnamon raisin bagel with butter and jam. And then they were like, oh, we don't have any cinnamon raisin bagels. And I was like, oh, okay, then how about an onion bagel with just butter? But then they gave me an onion bagel with butter and jam. (laughs) 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 I just got 
<laughs> they like gave it to me in a bag and then I got on the subway and I opened it and I was like, Oh man, there's jam on here. <laughs> and then I ate it and it was it actually it was not as bad as you might expect, but it just wasn't quite right either. But I was so hungry that I just ate it now. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell the story about the time that you accidentally ordered the carrot lemon juice. Yeah, you know, these days I might actually enjoy that. I've been, you know, I've been known to enjoy a nice juice these days. But back in those days when I, like, barely... Well, and especially if you're expecting, like, mangoes and pineapples. Yeah. Then it's just carrots and a lemon. Because I wanted the number two smoothie, but I accidentally ordered the number two juice. And so it was, like, instead of, like, a delicious, sweet you know, kind of icy smoothie. It was just like carrot juice with a lemon in it. Like it was not what I was expecting at all. Plus like basically somehow, somehow before 2010, I like ate no vegetables whatsoever. I don't know how it's possible to be a living human person. You there? Hello? Hey, you said, yeah, did you, like, what happened? Yeah, that stupid cable fell out again. Oh, yeah, because you were like, I don't know how it's possible to be a living human person, and then you just disappeared. (laughs) I just vanished. I, like, you know, I don't know how it's possible to be a living human person, and then, um. I mean, to be fair, that was pretty good timing. Yeah. I don't know how it's possible to be, like, a, like, a living human being and not eat any vegetables, but I, like, ate no plant material except french fries until I was, like, 23 years old. So what like when you're a, they a, like college kids by themselves. A cup of carrot juice was just like the most disgusting thing I could possibly imagine. Uh, so I finally watched uh, Princess Mononoke the other night. That's what you picked for your favorite for Miyazaki film, right? I think so. Hmm. I couldn't remember whether it was that one or Spirited Away. No, it's definitely not spirit. If anything, it, the other one would possibly be maybe Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten to that one yet. But Mononoke is pretty goddamn good. I know. Um, I think Mononoke is, strictly speaking, a better film than Kiki's Delivery Service, but Kiki's Delivery Service, when you watch it, is just very uplifting. mm in certain ways that Mononoke is not. <laughs> no, Mononoke not not particularly uplifting. Well, it's not horribly depressing at the end. No, that's true. Things, things kind of turn around. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty impressive, like, how there really is no... Well, maybe maybe like one, but there, there are... Most of the characters are not, like, strictly speaking, evil or good. They're just... You know, like they're just people—people people who are happen have goals and, and stuff like that. But the woman who runs the uh, ironworks is—you know—she has her good side and she does good things for like the, uh, you know, like the prostitutes and stuff like that. Who she buys out their contracts and stuff like that. And she really does think of herself as like protecting the people, but she's doing this ho- these horrible things to make that happen. Right. Um, <laughs> the princess obviously doesn't go about everything in the right way. The kid doesn't go about everything in the right way. Really, the only person who's, like, probably pretty evil is the monk guy who uh, wears those tall sandals. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. He doesn't have he's not, he doesn't have much in the way of redeeming qualities. 
it's not evil per se, it's just selfish. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. I, I liked it. I'm working my way through them slowly but surely. Um, do you have a particular order that you're going through? Not at all. At first, I was going through them like in chronological order, but then I decided not to because uh, I wanted to watch the f- more famous ones first, and then I also had seen uh, Howls and Ponyo and Ariete like out of order. Right. Anyway. Oh yeah, it's not like you really need an order. Yes. Yeah, so then I was like, screw it. So now I'm just watching them as the mood strikes me. So. Um, so what have you wait, so are you watching anything in Ghibli or just uh, just Miyazaki just Miyazaki's directed films mm, or I'm watching anything in Ghibli with an f- emphasis on Miyazaki's films okay um, so so far I've seen Castle in the Sky Totoro and Nausicaa which is not Ghibli but is him I mean yeah it's earlier um, like just before yeah I've seen Mononoke uh, Howl's Ponyo Arietti. Okay, so you big ones that you haven't seen sounds like I mean Spirited Away mm-hmm. probably uh, Porco Rosso yeah Kiki's Delivery Service and Grave of the Fireflies I'd say uh, yeah oh yeah that's always I never really think of that as a Ghibli film well it's so depressing <laughs> like it, I, I had it on DVD for from what I've heard about it. I don't, I've not seen the film, obviously, but I had it on DVD from Netflix and for like a couple weeks, and I just like could never. I was never in the mood to like sit down and watch like a really heavy movie about like recovering from war and stuff like that. So I never actually ended up watching it. How long did you have that DVD? Mm, I'd say like seven weeks. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I remember when we first set up Netflix and we had DVDs. I put that in the queue, and it was always, always on like, um, like long, like long wait, or like expected soon, or whatever they say. <laughs> it's like people and like I, me who are. <laughs> it's like, oh, I heard this is really good, and I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. Um. Oh wait, where's that movie schedule? Let's see. What else is coming out? Let's see, 2015 uh, film. Chi Chong's animated movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm most excited for right now. Oh, man, Tai Chi Hero. <laughs> I wish that was like a Guitar Hero game, except for Tai Chi. Oh, Ga- Gatsby comes out surprisingly soon. Ga- Gatsby comes out in May. Yeah. I've... Isn't that big glut of May movies? Yeah, so like this... this uh, in April, there are a couple movies I want to see, but they're mostly like smaller movies. Like, I would like to see Upstream Color, which is the new movie by the guy who did Primer. And I would like to see Mud, which is a movie with Matthew McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon and Michael Shannon in it. Um, but those are both, like, indie movies that came out of, I think, Sundance. Um, I surprisingly kind of want to see Pain and Gain, which is the Rock and Mark Wahlberg movie. Oh, yeah, they, like... Uh, like, Kidnap Tony Shalhoub. Kidnap- Kidnap Tony Shalhoub, yeah. It's Michael Bay's like, first non-Transformers movie in like a decade, and it, the trailers kind of make it look like it could be a lot of fun. Dude, pictures of The Rock for that film, or Dwayne Johnson, are ridiculous. No, <laughs> He looks crazy. And Fast 6, I guess. In May, I will probably see... Well, I'll probably see Pain and Gain, which is end of April. And in May, I will probably see Iron Man 3, 
Gatsby, Star Trek Into Darkness, Fast and Furious 6, and maybe a couple of these other movies. And then in June, I will probably, because I am uh, either an idiot and or have a lot of um, masochism, I will probably see After Earth to see how Shyamalan does does, uh, sci-fi... I may see Man of Steel. We will definitely end up talking about Much Ado About Nothing. Let's be honest. Oh, obviously. Um, I don't know. I would. I, I'm gonna probably gonna see This Is the End, World War Z, and maybe White House Down that month too. So I mean, see, really, right now it's July. That for me looks like a kind of a empty. Maybe I'll push some of those June movies off to July. Because really, only Pacific Rim. Am I interested in seeing in July? Not the Smurfs too. Nope, and definitely not the Lone Fucking Ranger. Yeah. Why? But I mean, like, aside from the fact that it's Slim Pickens, July just looks empty. Yeah, it does. Maybe they'll. Like, maybe there's stuff that's just not on this list. You know, there was actually a pretty good trailer for The Conjuring a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's okay. A horror movie with uh, Lily yeah. Thomas and Li- Lily Taylor and some other people in it. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll see that. Just because I haven't seen a, a horror movie in a while, and I was actually trying to find one on Netflix the other night. Yeah, me and too. I was just like, uh, I don't want to watch any of these things. Yeah, and I was like, the only ones I do want to watch, I've already seen. <laughs> and then in August, I thought the trailer for Two Guns looked pretty good, and I think the Denzel Washington Mark Wahlberg pairing is a good one. Plus Edward James almost. Um, Elysium. One Direction, This Is Us. Elysium, as I mentioned. Um, I feel like people... Oh, World's End. I'm so excited for World's End. Although I'm not sure if that comes out in the States in August also. Yeah, people... 23 August 2012. Oh, The World's End, yeah. People really liked the first Kick-Ass, I feel like. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll look at it. Yeah, and really... Kick-Ass 2 is coming out. But I felt like everyone that I know said it was awesome. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? Really? So, I don't know. Like, you know, we just named like at least 20 movies over the course of the summer that I have at least a, you know, 45% chance of seeing. Oh, I got the weirdest email today on my work email. What did it say? Um, it was from um, a guy named like Chaz. Uh, I forget his last name, but then it was, but his email address was like Chaz dot last name at yourschoolemail dot com. Like what? I was like what? And it was just like. Hey Loretta, next time it's like when we when I see you on campus next, I hope you are nice to me or something like that. Like what kind of weird ass phishing scam is this? Whoa, listen to this. So to my Missouri student email. So this is K O D R two five at mail dot Missouri dot edu. What the hell is the R? I have no idea. Like I'm like, why did you need the R in there? K O D two five can't possibly have been taken, but whatever. Um, if it was, why not KOD? Why, why not just increase the number? I don't know. They, I think they needed four letters and a number or something like that. But it says, 
Yo, Dion, I'm wondering if you are okay with being nice for once when we go to the swimming pool next week. Can't wait to see you see. Oh, that's the email I got, except instead of swimming pool, it was campus. And it says, it's from Celestina Zigarnik. Yeah, mine was from Chaz something. What the fuck is this phishing scam? Like, what is the point of this? I don't know. That is really weird. It's weird that both you and I got it on totally different emails. Like, it's not like we both got it sent to, like, our NYU email or something like that. It's like, these are two different emails, like, totally different emails. Yep. That's pretty bizarre. So how do... How do old movies that have been remastered in Blu-ray look? Mm. Do you have any? Yeah, I have some. I mean, it de- it really depends on what they were shot like in the first place and how the how well they've been preserved in the meantime. Like, and, and I guess how much like it really matters that it's a you know a Blu-ray release. So, like for example, I have two thousand one: A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. um, which, as you can probably imagine, looks incredible. Because it was shot on 70mm film, and everyone cares a lot about making sure that it uh, looks good. Like, it's kind of the point of the movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like that, I mean, movies like that just look awesome. I think the only other movie that I have that's older than a couple years, I have Miller's Crossing, um, which is from the 90s when it was remastered, and it looks pretty good not awesome but pretty good uh but most of the other ones i have i i, I have ordered within the, the you know they were produced within the last couple of years yeah that makes sense um the other thing i do is i'm really obsessive about checking um uh, a couple of review sites to make sure that it's worth getting in blu-ray before i order it because uh oftentimes the transfers are really bad or you know they they are working off of a they're upscaling it from a you know maybe the DVD version or something that's not it's just they haven't done the work that that needs to happen to make it uh, a good transfer, right? And so um, uh, before I buy any of them, I go and I look and I make sure that it's not one of the ones that's like rated like don't buy because oftentimes they'll release one just to get one out there, and then a couple of years later, based on the sales of that, you know they'll go around and and put the money in behind remastering it. So like for example. Uh, like the Matrix come out came out twice, once in really bad format and once in really good format. So it's, I don't know, it's really tough. In general, too, I find that animated movies are where you really get the most bang for your buck. Ooh, I can see that actually. So like, yeah, like two thousand one looks great, and the Matrix looks great, and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy looks great, and stuff like that. But really, like Castle in the Sky. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Up, Wally, like all those movies that I have look incredible. Rango looks really, really good. Um, so just looking at it, uh, there's this really long list on this forum, avsforum.com, uh, and it's called the Blu-ray quality, Blu-ray picture quality tier list. And so it has uh, tier zero, which is blue, which is like the best tier 1 gold, tier 2 silver, tier 3 bronze, tier 4 copper and tier 5 coal. And so blue ray blue is supposed to be like the highest rating. That's like this is a movie that you should show people to show them what blue ray is supposed to look like. 
and then tier five basically anything that's like bronze or or below bronze copper or coal like i don't buy because i don't think it's worth it um and so like looking at the blue category there's a lot of animated movies toy story 3 the owls of gahul uh tintin bug's life uh Wait, avatar you own the owls of kahul what no 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 i'm just reading down the list oh but, you know you're just reading really good ones so that one's i mean it's the shortest list fantastic mr fox is also on there but then if i look down in the coal section movies you should not buy on blu-ray include 28 days later uh the big lebowski uh fifth element uh oh fifth element's kind of surprising yeah, I mean, it just says Fifth Element original release unremastered. So let's do a little find here and see. It's also the remastered version is in the gold category. Okay, that so makes like, that's one where that they released it. They released it quickly to like get it out there so people would buy it, and then later they were like, "Oh wait, like, uh, you know, we didn't do this very well." But like some of them are still stuck down there. So like Terminator. Uh, Terminator 2 and the Terminator are both in the uh, copper category, which I would rate as do not buy. So is Superman 2, so is MASH, uh, House of the Flying Daggers. So it's kind of annoying. I go on and I check before I buy any of them to make sure that it's actually going to look good. But so if there's a movie that you want to get, that's but it's on do not buy do you just buy the DVD, or do you just not buy that movie? I just don't buy that movie. If I want to watch it, I watch it on iTunes, or uh, sometimes I pirate them, or I watch them on Amazon, or something like that. Interesting. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I do all of those combined. So like, uh, they've been really, really slow to get the Studio Ghibli movies out in the United States on Blu-ray. They've been out in Japan on Blu-ray for a long time. Yeah. But it's like impossible to get them. Uh, in the United States on Blu-ray, so um, I have pirated those, and I have them on a memory stick that's plugged into the front of the Blu-ray player, but then I also uh, have been buying them as they come out to encourage them to continue to release them. So I'm trying to do... I'm, I'm trying to assuage my guilt from having uh, from having uh, pirated them by by supporting them when they actually do come out. Mm-hmm.